Hi, and welcome to the Let's Talk Healthy Pets podcast. I'm Dr. Karen Becker, Dr. Mercola's Chief Wellness Veterinary Consultant, and I'm excited to share with you the latest news about pet health to guide you in keeping your animal companions healthy, comfortable, and happy throughout their lives. My goal as a proactive vet is to empower pet owners to make knowledgeable decisions to extend the lifespan and well-being of their animals. If you're looking for more pet health tips, you can also subscribe to my free daily newsletter at healthypets.mercola.com. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy today's podcast. Hey, I'm Dr. Karen Becker, and today I am interviewing a game changer who is doing amazing things for pit bulls. Jason Flat has been nominated by uh, supportive fans who desperately want to help him get the word out about the work that he's doing. So it is an honor for me to be talking with Jason today. Jason, congratulations on your nomination, and I'm so excited to learn more about what you're doing. Thank you, and thank you for having us here. I appreciate it. So, Jason, back up a little bit and tell me, okay, okay, I have one question that you probably are asked now and then, but maybe not right off the bat. When was the first time you ever learned that pit bulls exist on the planet? Were you 10? Were you 15? Were you 20? When was the first time that you saw one or like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, like what, what was your introduction to pit bulls? Um, you got to get a little earlier than that. I was uh, born into a house with a pit bull. Oh, okay. Well, that, okay. So it's in your blood, literally it's in your blood. Okay. Yeah. It's in the blood. Okay. So, so that, so you're born, you, so you, you have loved them since birth. Then talk to me about your evolution as a pit bull advocate. How did, how did pit bulls become your life? Okay. So, um, like I said, I was born into a house with a pit bull. Uh, my first dog was a pit bull. Um, my second dog was a pit bull mix was a rescue. Um, and, uh, dogs were family. Um, we were, I was an animal lover from an early age. And, uh, if one thing that my parents instilled in me was that animals were family, um, I always wanted to be a veterinarian, but life took its course, you know, and, um, ended up with a successful career on wall street. Um, I was a commodity broker and then, uh, I was a managing, managing director for an equity research firm for 14 years. Um, and, uh, Back in uh, 2005, um, my older brother um, took his own life, and um, I fell into a deep funk, and uh, nothing really mattered. And the only thing that really brought me out of uh, the funk was a little pit bull puppy that I took in, a little five-week-old pit bull puppy named Angelo. And um, he gave me a reason, and I promised him that I would uh, I would pay it back, and I was going to go get him a friend at the pound, and I had moved to Georgia, and I walked into the one of the pounds down here in uh, inner city Atlanta, and there were beautiful pit bulls in there, and I wanted to adopt one, and every pit bull had an X on its kennel, yeah. and I asked somebody who worked there, I said, um, you know, what's, what's with the Xs? I'd like to adopt that dog, and they said... Uh, we don't adopt pit bulls out. They're all being euthanized tomorrow. And I learned that um, 135 pit bulls a month on average, mixes and you know pit bulls were uh, euthanized at this particular pound in inner city Atlanta. And it bothered me. And it bothered me enough that uh, I wanted to do something about it. So uh, I said, that's it. I said, uh, I'm going to, they told me I had a, you know, 
go get a rescue to pull the dog for me. So I went to the rescue. I started to volunteer and foster for the rescue. And it just, it just wasn't enough. So I started taking in one dog at a time. And I was drawn to the ones that needed me the most, the ones that nobody wanted, the severe medical cases, the severe behaving cases, the fighting dogs. And um, I wanted to save the ones that nobody else really wanted. You know, nobody wants pit bulls, but nobody really wanted a pit bull that was in, you know, in bad shape. And that's what I started doing. I'd go in on my own and just to the pound and find a, a dog that nobody wanted and uh, I'd save it. And the more, the more that I, I saved, the better I felt. So it was almost like therapy for me to recover from my, my brother's death. And um, it morphed into something right now. We have well over a hundred pit bulls in the rescue and a few cats um, and a few other breeds, <laughs> but um, you know, we're 99.9% pit bulls. And um, it's just been, you know, uh, there's just such a need and I just have to grow to meet the need of the breed and the community. There's nobody out there for these dogs. There, so you're absolutely right. In, in fact, still so many shelters, first of all, I think the vast majority of shelters are inundated by pit bull type dogs is what they call them. Um, many of them still uh, have prejudice against the breed, of course, and they just don't, for a myriad of reasons, they don't adopt them out. There's a, there's a, a marked stereotype associated with the breed that you're warring against. Jason, how did you... First of all, do you feel like do you feel like some of these stereotypes, some of these judgments, are beginning to shift, or no? Do you feel like that the, that the majority of people are still really really confused about the breed? I mean, most of the most of the people that are confused about the breed have no experience with the breed. Um, you know, they're not for everybody. They're not for everybody, but. Um, you know, they're not these monsters that people make them out to be. But I, I think the the problem is not getting any better. I mean, like you said, pounds are inundated with them, with pit bulls and pit bull mixes. But I'm seeing more people adopt pit bulls and starting to see, you know, people who they're getting out there. You know, it, it's almost at the point here in, in, in you know, most inner cities uh, in the United States that if you're going to adopt a dog from the pound, it's going to be a pit bull or a pit bull mix. Yep. Um, 80, like I know in Atlanta, if you go to pounds, it's 85% of the dogs are pit bulls and pit bull mixes. And the problem is 85% of the rescues won't take pit bulls. Yep. So, you know, and I know for us, like we get a lot of applications, um, people who are renting apartments or renting houses and uh, they're not allowed. Yep. So, uh, you know, so that's, that's part of the problem too. You know, it's it, a lot of insurance companies won't allow pit bulls. Yep. And, so. and, and even myself, I have been turned down, uh, twice, uh, putting in applications, uh, and I am a veteran pit bull owner and I have been turned down because I didn't have a six foot fence. And, and it's hard because sometimes <laughs> when you have people wanting to rescue uh, and yet the rescues aren't necessarily willing to adopt to very capable, passionate, educated owners, there's a lot of, there's a lot of problems with the system. I think that that's probably one of the reasons that you started your own rescue. Jason, when did you talk a little bit about how your rescue came about and, and what you're doing right now? Well, it, it came about, like I told you, from my brother, from my brother's uh, death, yep. and he took in a little pit bull puppy, and it kind of 
and I went and I saw that there was a problem. And, you know, like most people, when, 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 when they're outraged about something, they'll go on social media and they bark about it and they say, oh, this is horrible. And, you know, someone, someone needs to do something about that. And I just said, you know what, I'm going to put myself in the driver's seat. I'm going to do something about that. I, I wanted to volunteer with other rescues and, you know, because of the way that I look, a lot of tattoos and, uh, um, you know, a lot of people just really wanted nothing to do with me. And I said, you know what? I don't need, I'll just do it on my own. And yep. it just, it just morphed. Like I said, um, I just started showing people what I was doing and it just, it took off. And now, you know, um, every pit bull rescue in the Atlanta area that was around when I started is no longer around every pit bull rescue that started after me. Um, they come and they go. Uh, it's not an easy thing to do, you know, it's, if you do it the right way, there's really, it's really not the length of stay for these dogs is long. Um, the amount of money that needed to care for them, um, cause especially the ones that we take in, um, you know, it's not easy. It's a losing business model. You just have to, I've built, I've, I've built this rescue on, um, compassion, love, integrity, and, uh, commitment, you know, but unfortunately it runs on donations. Yeah. And you really, you really have to put yourself out there and you have to be honest with people and you have to show people what it is that you exactly do. We don't fabricate anything. We don't exaggerate anything. We just get it done. And um, we don't shy away from anything. And do you, Jason, when you started, so for, for listeners and readers that don't know about your organization, what's it called? And, and how does it work? If people wanted to donate or get involved or volunteer or, or send you money, how does that, how does that whole thing work? Oh, it's uh, friends to the forlorn pit bull rescue. Uh, we're all over social media. Um, we're on Instagram as FTTF Pitbull. We're on Facebook as Friends to the Forlorn Pitbull Rescue. Um, our website's pretty easy. It's savingpitbulls.org. Um, and if, you know, you can donate through the website. You can do- donate through um, PayPal. You can donate through, you know, Facebook. We always have fundraisers going on. Uh, this year especially, um, been a really rough time with covid Yep. Every one of our fundraisers was canceled this year. So um, we never stopped rescuing. We took on more. We're still taking on dogs every day. And um, I'm getting 1,500 emails a day asking for help. Yeah. And so, Jason, how do you, how do you have a team of people then? Like when you, when you are inundated by requests and probably people begging you for help, yes. you, there's only one of you. Do you have a team of volunteers and, and how do you no. manage the overwhelming yes. demand for your tiny team? Um, we have, we have a really strong team. We're very well, well respect, respected in the industry. Um, we're known, you know, there's a, if it, there's a dog fighting case, they'll call us, they'll, um, extreme medical cases, cruelty cases, sensitive cases, they call us. And I've got a team of volunteers that um, are just amazing. Um, all walks of life, you know, all different backgrounds, every age group. Um, we've got, you know, we're a foster-based uh, rescue. So I've got a great group of fosters. I've got a great group of volunteers, a great group of supporters, and a great, uh, great team of board members. And everybody's here for the, for the, for the cause. And, um, it's overwhelming. Um, we're never, the more we do, the more we get called. Yep. And, um, you know, that's just a part of it. I'm seven days a week. 
Uh, all hours of the day, my phone starts ringing 6.30 in the morning. It doesn't stop ringing all night long. And and Jason, after you fix these animals, I know you mentioned right before uh, right before I introduced you, you're, you're literally in your car because you're coming back from the vet. Once you get these dogs back into a place where they're physically and emotionally capable of being placed, they go up for adoption? Oh, yeah. They definitely go up for adoption. Um, we have a pretty strict adoption policy. You know, we have a seven, eight page application. We do background checks. We do home checks. We do vet checks. Um, you know, we want to make sure that these animals, you know, we rescue these animals. We want to rescue them once. And we've got a motto here. Once a forlorn dog, always a forlorn dog. We've taken dogs back after nine years, yeah. you know, and we've never given up on a dog. You know, if the dog comes into our rescue and it's not adoptable, it'll stay with me for the rest of its life. That's what my house is. My house is the home of the misfits, you know, whether it's extreme medical cases or, you know, behavioral cases. Yeah. It's so, boy, I tell you what, you are, you have very hard work, Jason, but it's so necessary. And clearly you're cut from cloth to be resilient, to do it. When you get up in the morning, what, what inspires you most about the work that you're doing? Oh, I know that I'm making a difference, at least to the dogs that make it into, you know, I, I have like a great support system, like all the, all the followers and on social media every day I get, I get messages to people telling me what an inspiration I am. So even when I'm at my lowest points, you know, um, it's, it, this, this work beats you up. It beats you up mentally. It beats you up financially, emotionally, um, and physically, you know, um, it beats you up. Uh, but to, there's such a need for it. And I know that if I stop, I know that there's, there's going to be fallout from it. And what keeps me going is the words of encouragement from people and to see the dogs, to see the comebacks from the dogs, um, is amazing. You know, the bigger the setback, the bigger the comeback. Every morning I wake up with a little fighting dog that I cut off a chain at a dog fighting, um, a dog fighting bust. Uh, the police department called me. I went out and I cut um, 78 dogs off the chain for the police department. And, um, you know, the, the guy the guy went to jail, was sentenced to 10 years uh, in jail for dog fighting. And uh, I wake up with a little dog that I took from that from that fighting ring. He's all scarred up and uh, he's become the most amazing little animal. And every morning when I wake up and he's next to me, I know there's more out there and I know I got to keep going. No matter how difficult it is, I have to keep going. Gosh, well, you are doing amazing work, really good stuff. Jason, if you could, if if you could tell the world one thing about this really hard but critically important work that you're doing, what what's the one thing you would share? I mean, not so I, I think that what I would share to people is um not necessarily about my work. It's about life in general. I've got a motto and it's, uh, it's be decent to everyone and everything that you come across. And if you do that, the world will be a better place. You know, you don't have to like pit bulls. You don't have to love them. Just don't mistreat them. Just be decent. You don't have to like certain people, but just don't mistreat them. And I think that if you're just decent, you don't have to be extraordinary. Just be decent and you know, have a little bit of a heart. Yeah. Everybody's going through something and just be good to people, be good to animals. And I think the world would be better. 
Above all, do no harm, my friend. You're living it every day. You're doing it. Yeah. I am inspired by the incredibly tough job that you're doing, but you're doing it well. You're doing it with a supportive team of people that are helping you change the world, making lives better for dogs, especially for dogs that have um, a terrible reputation. And you're doing your part in rehabilitating them physically, emotionally, mentally, but you're also changing the world's opinion about um, about a breed. I admire and support what you're doing. And I'm so thankful that you, you have a whole team of people that nominated you for this award. And I'm so honored. I had the chance to speak with you. Well, thank you so much. You're going to see big things from us. Like, uh, we discussed before, before we got on here, you know, we've got, uh, 46 acres that we purchased and we're going to be building a state of the art facility for these dogs. We're going to set the bar in Pitbull Rescue. There's going to be nothing like this. Trust me. I there's, can't. Uh, there's a I lot more from us coming your way. Promise. Well, I love it. Listen, when you have that up and going, let's do another interview and let's do a virtual tour and, and help get the word out about it. Congratulations. Good luck, my friend. And hang in there. You're doing very important things. Thank you. I appreciate it. It means a lot to us.